All right, Reince Priebus, the RNC chairman, will join us at the bottom of this half hour to talk about potential convention chaos. A lot going on in D.C. The president getting lectured by Raul Castro. And uh, Jamie Dupree's the most connected man in Washington. You probably are actually home today. I'm just guessing. I was, yes, but uh, the race uh, for the White House came to D.C. today, even though yeah. tomorrow we have voting in several states, two for the Republicans and uh, one more than that for the uh, Democrats. Uh, but we had Donald Trump, uh, Ted Cruz, John Kasich, and Hillary Clinton here in town today. Most of the attention on Trump, though Hillary Clinton began the day with a speech at APEC, the big Jewish gathering here. And she actually, you know, you listen to her speech, she's actually sort of on the side of other Republicans vis-a-vis Donald Trump. Uh, when it comes to one issue, at least, and that is the issue of uh, Trump saying repeatedly that he would be neutral in any negotiations on a peace deal between the Israelis and the Palestinians. We'll see how Trump uh, is received at APAC in a little while. Last, uh, I think it was December, when he spoke to a Republican Jewish group here. Trump did hear a few jeers out of the audience when he repeated that, and certainly uh, it's been something that's been discussed at the debates as well, so that'll be something that's on the table as well. He also said... You know what's going to be interesting about that, though? Will Trump use a prepared speech, prepared remarks, a teleprompter, for example, considering it's like a foreign policy speech? This is not... You know, I can't imagine he's going to go in there and ad lib it like he does every well, other speech. I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, he also said at his newser earlier today that he would he suggested that the U.S. should stop uh, should. He didn't say cut, but he certainly indicated that he would do away with foreign aid for Israel, which is obviously a big deal at APAC as well. We'll see if that gets mentioned. Also, there was an editorial board meeting today that Trump had with The Washington Post. And in reading the article about what he said to The Post today, it really struck me. It's sort of a a non-interventionist, almost Rand Paul, Ron Paul view of the world and what to do on foreign affairs. That's how they that, portrayed it. I read that I read that piece, and then he also listed a name of people. But I'm not so sure that that's what he's been telling me in interviews. I, I wondered well, if they misconstrued Well, he said it. this. They didn't, he said repeatedly that we are spending too much time and money on NATO. He suggested the U.S. should dial back its military footprint in Asia. So, you know, these are a number of things that has not been fleshed out before uh, by him. I, I I don't know. I, I think it's a little much to say that uh, all the reporters and all the editorial board people in the room for the Post totally got that wrong, but we'll find out in the well, hours ahead. I can, tell you, I can tell you what he said to me, and it actually fits their narrative as well, that these countries that we have been providing military support for, he has said they've got to either step up or it goes away. In other words, they've got to start paying. Yeah, well, we've, we've said that to them for a number of years. I'm not sure that's going to change anytime soon. But what I was struck by was a... It was something that would make the so-called neocons in the Republican Party, I think, a little jittery because it certainly was not along the lines of what they would endorse. Now, Trump today, again, dominating the news not only there but also here uh, in terms of a, a, a closed-door meeting that he had that we were outside of for a few hours uh, at, a, at a very big D.C. law firm where Trump sat down not only with people who are current Republicans in the Congress but also some very well-known former Republicans in Congress like 
like Newt Gingrich, uh, like Bob Livingston, who was a, a lawmaker from Louisiana and has gone on to become a big lobbyist here in D.C., uh, Jim DeMint, who now heads the the the, uh, the Heritage, Heritage Foundation, Action, yeah, Heritage Foundation. Yeah, and a number of others who were in this meeting today. The leadership of the Republican Party was not there today, so let's just get that out front. But still, it was an effort by Trump to win over what I would label as uh, establishment types in D.C., trying to figure out how best to rally support for Trump to unite the party behind him and to move him ahead. Uh, not only was it people that you might know their names, but also some other insiders who are not as well known nationally, but are certainly players here in D.C. So uh, I, I thought it was interesting because I saw Bill Crystal immediately say, ah, he's uh, he's sidling up to the K Street types. K Street, of course, the well-known lexicon here for if you're a lobbyist or something like that. So uh, Trump trying well, to cover were there any his lobbyists bases. In, were, there, were there any lobbyists in the meeting? Well, Bob Livingston. Uh, Bob Livingston. But he was also, well, he nearly became speaker. It doesn't sound he necessarily did, but, like it was a... Well, well he runs just a very big lobbying firm. So, I mean, I don't know all the people who were there, but I would assume well, there Gingrich, are some people... I can tell you, is not a lobbyist, and nor is Jim DeMint a lobbyist, and nor well, are the congressmen that were in there. Well, of course not. I would never say that they're yeah. lobbyists. But I, I would think that there are others, I mean, who have links to the lobbying community on K Street, which is obviously an important source of Republican support along the way as well. So, you know, I, I think that uh, it's a it's an interesting uh, move by Trump, and I would expect more of these meetings as well as he tries to solidify his support, not only in the broader sort of sense, but also among uh, Republicans here in D.C., yeah. Now, I talked to two people that were in that meeting, and apparently it went very well. Yep. I'm told it was uh, very substantive. It was uh, about issues. There were also some political issues that were brought up in the meeting, and uh, apparently very cordial and very friendly and uh, very open. Look, again, this report? is an effort not only by Trump, but by some of these Republicans to get on board and to rally people behind Trump. Uh, Livingston is a very good example. He fully admitted to reporters after the meeting that he had not voted for Trump a few weeks ago. Uh, he wouldn't say who he voted for, but it was obviously not Trump. But Livingston said he felt so angered by the effort uh, within GOP ranks to sort of stop Trump, what he called as the, uh, <clears throat> the anti-Trump rump group. That he said it was time for people to get on board and join Trump in his efforts, citing, you know, very familiar arguments that Trump would make. And so I, I was interested in that because there there was somebody right there in Livingston who could earnestly be seen as an important player inside the party. And yet he's jumping on board right now with Trump. Yeah, well, you know, it's look, mathematically. I mean, he has the best chance to, to get to 1237, but absolutely, you know, certainly, you know, he's now leading in the polls. We have two two uh, states coming up tomorrow. we got a caucus in Utah where there's a pretty significant lead by Ted Cruz, and it looks like in the winner-take-all primary state of Arizona that Trump has a pretty significant lead there. So Romney is apparently now doing robocalls in Arizona and Utah ahead of tomorrow's contest. Hasn't worked out too Casey. well before so I was, far. I was going to say. Um, yeah, hasn't worked out too well before, but what do you sense that, and this is the big question I have for Reince Priebus, I mean, it's obvious that there is an establishment plan, you and I have discussed it, they hope to get this to the convention, John Kasich knows the only way he would have any shot at the nomination is not by getting to 1237, but by having the delegates switch to him in, on the convention floor, that would mean that 
the voters, I think if let's say that Trump has eleven hundred, let's say that Cruz has nine hundred, let's say that and again I'm I'm doing proportional math based on where everything is now. And let's say Kasich goes from one fifty to three hundred. So the three hundred guy is gonna leap over the other two. I would argue, and I think I'm right about this, that if they ever do something like that or bring in, quote, another consensus candidate, that it would result in a mitigated disaster and that Trump and Cruz supporters would be very angry, rightly so, and and likely would stay home. It would be a disaster. Well, they've got the chance at uh, if it's open. I still don't believe it will be, but it's like uh, yesterday in the NCAA. If you can't close it out at the end, you're not going to win. I don't think that Trump is going to uh, um, fail to do that. Uh, but it's just like if you're northern Iowa, if you can't win at the end, uh, then everybody's going to know it. So uh, I, I don't think Trump or Cruz should get any little boost at the end just because they're within 200 or something like that. They're going to have to earn it like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some other stuff that's going on. The president was um, in uh, Cuba today. And let me play this cut for you. I mean... <laughs> I, I can't believe that the president, he started with an apology tour. He ends with an apology tour, you know, saying, you know, Raul Castro is telling us about all our shortcomings and the needs of people not being met and poverty and inequality and race relations. I'm thinking, yeah, what have you done for any of these issues? Everything's gotten worse under you, but he gets lectured again by a murdering communist dictator. Listen to this. As you heard, President Castro has also addressed what he views as shortcomings in the United States around basic needs for people and poverty and inequality and race relations and we welcome that uh, constructive dialogue as well uh, because we believe that when we share our deepest beliefs and ideas with an attitude of mutual respect uh, that we can both learn I mean, did that not sound like a lecture that he can tell us about the needs of our people and poverty and inequality and race relations? I'm like, do you know that the Castro brothers were murdering thugs? What part of that doesn't he get? It was really interesting to watch uh, sort of the social media reaction as uh, Air Force One went down to Cuba yesterday, because I think for a lot of people, obviously, like yourself, this is a trip that never should have uh, uh, occurred or it should only have occurred after the Cubans had made uh, dramatic changes and alterations in what they've been up to. You know, uh, overall, uh, I, I think uh, the bottom line is this is a, at least to me, looking from here, it's just... It's a it's a big deal, but it doesn't have the impact that I think it might have had a few years ago or even 10 or 20 years ago. I just think there's there almost seems to be every time I've heard Cuba brought up on the trail, it just doesn't get that big of a reaction. It still sticks in the craw, I think, of Republicans. And there's no problem with that. That's certainly, uh, you know, the, their long held point of view, but not all of them. And it's a reminder, I think, by the number of companies that are trying to get into Cuba, just how long sort of uh, this is splintered, not only only in the Republican Party, but the Democratic side as well as to what to do on Cuba. But you're right. Uh, I don't think many people who oppose the president are going to see much uh, to cheer about in this trip. Did you read Charles Gasparino today? He's uh, with the Fox Business Network. He writes for the New York Post, and he says that the FBI director at James Comey and his investigators are increasingly certain that Hillary Clinton, the likely presidential nominee, violated the laws and handling classified government information through a private email server. And apparently he goes on to say from his sources that some expect him now to push for charges, that he's facing a formidable obstacle, which is the Obama White House, who views Hillary Clinton as a third Obama term. 
And uh, with that, agents have been spreading the word, largely through associates in the private sector, that their boss is getting stonewalled. And still some FBI staffers suggest the probe's at a point where Comey might quit in protest if justice ignores a recommendation or a criminal referral. Well, certainly if you're looking for somebody who has shown already in the past that he can be independent of uh, whoever he is working for, it would be uh, the FBI director. And you go back to the stories, as you've told them before, and many, I'm sure, have read about him during the Bush administration. Uh, he, He certainly is one that has stood up for himself and stood up for his ability to do his investigations and do his work on his own without interference from above. So my thought is, is, is that if the FBI chief believes that he is being, you know, leaned on or that nobody is acting on what he feels like has been uncovered, he will certainly take that public in some way. Uh, but again, uh, I mean, it's a big deal, but I, I would again urge people not to count on the FBI doing something. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see like everybody else. But it wouldn't shock me one bit for the FBI chief mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, to have his say at some point, Sean. Let's go a little preview. As we've been discussing, things now slow down a little bit, primary caucus-wise, and a next big contest after tomorrow with Arizona and Utah. Wisconsin is coming up. Uh, then you have a lot of northeastern states like Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. New Jersey's a winner-take-all state. Wisconsin's a winner-take-all state. How many more winner-take-all states do we have? Five? Um, uh, it's it's five. I wouldn't call it. There's some difference as to how to define. I wouldn't define Wisconsin as total winner-take-all because I believe there uh, it is not just if you win one more vote, I thought, because it's district and statewide. It's those two different pools of delegates. Remember, like we had the other day in both Illinois and Missouri. So there's separate... Uh, uh, there's a separate pot of delegates for winning statewide, and there's separate ones for winning the individual congressional districts. Sometimes, as we have seen, those have definitely trended more toward Trump if you're not spread out more and the number of delegates that you get. Cruz had a very difficult time, for example, in Missouri the other day because of that. But uh, I think the one thing that is true here, Sean, is that if you don't have the money and if you don't have the momentum to last over the next month, it could be a very difficult month. And I sort of look at Kasich and even at Cruz in that sense, you've got to keep your momentum going over the next month with very few of uh, states voting. And and that's difficult, especially with Donald Trump, who is just commanding such a, a, a huge media impact. Every single day, he can get a lot more attention than, than Cruz can any day of the week. All right. Unbelievable. Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington, D.C. So what are you, you doing Sean. for the holiday? Uh, what am I doing? I'm going to take a few days off and actually sleep a little. Uh, I've, I'm still sort of shaking the cobwebs out of my head. It was nice to have everybody here today chasing around the campaign. I felt like I was still out there. A couple of my friends welcomed me back to the Capitol today by saying, uh, basically, hey, uh, we almost gave away your booth. Thanks for coming back. I said, thank you. Oh, boy, that's funny. Well, you know, it, you know, people don't really, it does wear you out. I mean, I'm being on the road a lot, I'll tell you. I need to be, uh, I need to sleep for a few more it. days. Yes, it's a lot yeah. of fun, but yes, I could sleep a few more.